This is a podcast of two type A girls working hard to untangle the BS stories and expectations related to this illusion of perfection. Life is hard enough without adding pressure to be more, do more, be the best. It's an ever moving target. And so, in an attempt to inch closer to our authentic selves, the vulnerable, messy, and uniquely beautiful, we have decided to push back. Bit by bit, we are untangling society's demands of us, sinking in to our own intuition. If something makes us feel more alive, we're doing more of that. If something drains us, we're gonna practice removing ourselves. This is a journey we hope you'll join us on. Together, we will explore insights, tips, and tricks, all in an attempt to help you uncover your truest, most authentic self. All right, hi, you're hearing from Editing Maddie again. Firstly, thank you for tuning back in. Um, Before we jump into things today, I just wanted to quickly apologize for the sound quality. Uh, Honestly, this apology and or notice should have come for part one of this episode, but Maggie and I are still working on the whole podcasting thing, so we're working to sort out all things that are technical and, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, So otherwise, we appreciate your patience and enjoy. Okay, so we've talked about how we met. We've talked about little Maddie and little Maggie. We've talked about who we are now personally. Um, I think let's just go ahead and describe a little bit who we are um, professionally or what, I guess what we do, not necessarily who we are, but what we do in the career professional realm. Um, Tell us a tiny bit about your journey after college and the different kinds of jobs you've had and where that's led you or where you are now. I'm laughing because I don't think, I don't think we've said our names at any point during <laughs> any of these podcasts. Yeah, the first time they hear them is like. Yeah, and the get to know us episode in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> so I'm Maddie and that's Maggie. But anyhow, uh, as we mentioned earlier on, um, my first job outside of college was working as an RBT, registered behavior technician. Um, And from there, I knew it kind of like it was fine while I was there, but it wasn't where I ultimately wanted to be. Unfortunately, Um, because you were so good at it and we attempted to pressure you to go back to school for that exact thing, um, didn't work. So thank you. Um, And then I kind of went through an absolute crisis in my life which we also (laughs) mentioned earlier and so I ran away to Oregon for about three months and did some work for my uncle um I came back and did a little bit of work for my other uncle because again I had no idea what I wanted to do Uh, I then got a job doing what was called outpatient scheduling so scheduling for a hospital system doing like MRIs and cat scans oh my and God, all the I fun stuff. I forgot about that step. Yeah, again, absolutely not my <laughs> thing. Um, and meanwhile, I was working to get a certification in health coaching, which I'm not even going to open that can of worms because that really can be its whole own episode. But essentially, once I had that certification, I was ready to use it. I was on Indeed looking up health coaching and I came across um, a role called community health worker for a local health department 
and I at the time thought it was going to be like my stepping stone of like oh I'll just hang out there until I move on with my health coaching and I ended up falling in love with it and so I'm still there working for the local health department um essentially just doing health promotion work and in what three four or five days I will be getting be beginning my master's program in public health so that kind of just speaks to how much I enjoy and love what I'm doing right now what a journey yeah and there's so many other pieces to it so we will dig into that another time but I am very happy to be where I'm at now good I think not I think okay my story so I um Got my bachelor's in early childhood special ed, which we talked about. Um, And from there, I used it to teach for like five months. Um, And I was working with at-risk preschoolers, um, all different at-risk. So socioeconomic status, um, disabilities, all sorts of things that would place these kids at risk. And I did that for about five months. And then I was asked to interview to be like the assistant director at the child care center that I was working at. And there is like 300 kids probably and like 50 staff. Um, so from there, I spent a couple years there and at one other daycare um, in leadership and doing kind of administrative thing or being in administration in those roles. Um, <laughs> some shit went down at one of them and I was really unhappy. Um, so I found a job to be a special education teacher at a therapeutic day school. So essentially it's a school that school districts um, outplace students to when their behavior or disability is so significant that um, the school district itself can no longer serve them. So I was there and I was a kind of a self-contained special education teacher um, for pretty high need behavior kids for three years. And while I was there, I um, got my master's in special education and ABA. I took the board test to become a BCBA, a board certified behavior analyst. Um, From there, we moved at the same time that I then moved to the clinic where Maddie and I met. And I was a BCBA there for a little over two years. And then when we moved to Texas, I decided that I kind of wanted to reconnect with the school setting where I felt like I could reach more students. When I was in the clinic, you really, really in depth are able to change or affect the lives of, you know, your caseload of eight to 10 kids. And I wanted to get back to a school setting where my reach would be broader um, and all kids can go to school and not all kids are able to go to therapy. So I wanted to touch a wider range of students and needs and so I started as a program and behavior specialist in the district and then after a year and a half of doing that I was moved into a leadership position and now I am a special education coordinator um, in our district where I work kind of out of the central office and oversee a thousand students and teachers and um, our behavior specialists. So that's where I am now. I kind of, there's always been a connection to special needs and usually some close ties to those leadership pieces. And those are kind of the two biggest things that I'm most passionate about. And just as you said, for me, it's like 
there's so many things to dig into (laughs) because although you've had the same themes throughout it's like you also jumped around and that's why I think having a more in-depth conversation related to careers would be so beneficial um I know I could have used something like that even just a couple years back and as I continue to move forward because as you have been in many roles and I have been in many roles it's not unlikely that we will continue to to develop and be in new roles um so yeah we can kind of just dig into some other things in the meantime. I know you wanted to talk a bit on how we would describe ourselves and also how you would describe me and vice versa. So we'll dig into that. Perfect. Okay, let's talk about labels and descriptors. Yes. So I've often wondered, like, are descriptors or labels that we put on ourselves helpful or hurtful? And I think they can be both. Um, so I'm just super curious what some words you would use to describe yourself and then to describe me. And I want to go back and forth and see um, if those align or, like, not at all. And kind of where, when I say give me a descriptor of yourself, like, what, it, what are the things that you think of first? I, like, love and hate this question so much at the same time. I think it's fun. Like, I'm eager to hear how you describe yourself and how you describe me. But I hate trying to describe myself. Um, because I might have I, cheated in this program. I don't want you, like, I almost need to say my own first because I'm going to be swayed by what you said. And I don't want to, like, say all negative ones. And there's pros and cons to both, but, like, the first thing that pops to mind for sure is, like, being a perfectionist, and that has helped, and also probably more so hurt me in many ways. Um, Family-oriented, for sure. Adventurous. I guess I'm coming up with some positive ones. Here you go. Um, Studious. Mm-hmm. And also, I can't think of, like, the exact word, but I'm very, like, growth-oriented in my life. That's kind of, like, in all areas. I'm always trying to, like, be bigger and better in what I'm doing. Um, this is one of those things, like, where I want to say, like, oh, I'm a giver, but if I'm, like, if this doesn't 100% imply it, like cannot apply in every (laughs) single relationship then I can't say it and it's funny we're having this conversation because I just recently got back into therapy and this is a prompt she has worked through with me and I find it extremely difficult um but I guess it's worked a little bit because I'm coming up with some more things now than that initial go through what would you say from what I've provided like what you how would you how you would describe, describe you me. Mm-hmm. okay um it's so interesting because some of those things like once you say I'm like oh heck yes that would be it I only wrote down three things not because that's all that you are but I think it's three things that um in this stage of your life um are very apparent and the first one just you did say this too like the first thing I wrote down was growth minded and I think like you're um, openness to 
yeah, grow in all those areas of your life, whatever that may mean or wherever that may take you. Um, being open to that, being scared shitless, but doing it anyway, that kind of thing. Like, and then I wrote down your vulnerability, which plays into that, right? Like you have to be vulnerable in order to grow and the vulnerability of sharing in this or doing the therapy or taking down all the stories that you've told yourself for so long in order to find out who the true you is. Um, I think that's all super apparent in that vulnerability. And then the last thing I wrote was um, genuine, just like in your interactions, like you're not ever trying to be someone you're not. You're just like, this is who I am and I'll be vulnerable and open that it's not always pretty and that's okay. And I'm human and genuine in that, but then also like genuine in your care of and desire to like be there for others, like your family or others in your job and things like that. Right. Two things that came up as you were talking is I almost had a light bulb moment that we both mentioned, like me being so like growth oriented because in a lot of ways that almost feels like the maturing of what has been like perfectionistic tendencies for me my whole life. Like in many ways that was to a detriment and I'm sure we'll get into like scenarios related to that and I don't get it perfect like at all but I feel like I've almost shifted into more of this like growth to like to be true to myself where I want to excel and grow um but kind of more so prioritizing like what's actually important to me and it feels like the growth orientation aligns with my values more so than the perfectionism which just wanted to please society's standards so I kind of had that light bulb moment um but also I'm pleased to hear you mention like the genuine one because I feel like I am a pleaser in that and not in the way that I'm like oh I just want to make everybody happy it's more so like my own insecurities and wanting to be liked by everybody and so I think I have this fear that I do that like Like, I do just want to show up as myself, but sometimes it's hard not knowing who me actually is. So, that was good to hear because I feel like that's something, like, a mental battle I struggle with at times. Well, that's part of that growth and open-mindedness that, like, it can be both and. Like, we can struggle with something and still... I think the fact that you're aware of it means it's important to you, which means it's a value of yours and something that could describe you, right? right? So, I think it's backwards and forwards like the epitome of the same thing. All right. We are back from some technical difficulties to finish things out. Um, (laughs) So I think we had just ended in me describing myself and then your follow-up to that. So now it is your turn to describe yourself. It's so interesting that right away you were listing like um, adjectives, right? And when I went to think about that for myself, I wrote down, I'm an extrovert. Yes, Um, you are. That's pretty descriptive in and of itself. Um, I am an Enneagram 2, so the definition of that is a helper. Um, And I find my value in being there for others and my motivation is for others. Um, 
but I'll say I'm a strong wing three. So that's like an achiever and someone who gets shit done basically. So I'm there for others. Um, but for myself, I'm like highly productive and successful, um, in those ways too. So I think extrovert and Enneagram two wing three kind of wrap up a lot about me. Um, and probably with that, a word that I've heard myself described as, and I sometimes see it as a good thing and sometimes it's not, is like the word intense. <laughs> Again, the intimidation the first time I met you. And, and when I first heard that as my descriptor by someone else, I was like, oh, like that sounds like a negative thing. Like I'm too much, right? <laughs> and I think as women, no, not to get not. like, yep. not to get deep, but just like, the whole idea that we have to make ourselves small to fit in. And I'm just like, yep. obviously not about that life. So I am intense. And I think in a lot of ways, I like love intensely and I produce intensely and I advocate intensely and I walk around the house intensely. Like I have a, I'm not, I'm loud. I'm just loud. Like my voice is loud and my gate is loud and I don't quietly shut the microwave. My dad always used to say like I would slam the microwave when I type on a computer. It's intense and (laughs) like I'm beating up the keys. Like everything I do, like there is no downshift. I'm like almost all the time intense. So I think like the three, the first three things I wrote down was Enneagram 2, Wing 3, Extrovert, and Intense. Um, like sound like a, a lot. I'm a big, I'm a big personality. <laughs> um, and then the other piece, and I kind of want to dig into this, maybe not right this second, but um, I have been, I don't know, like diagnosed, I guess is the word, with anxiety um, since I was 18. And I think that has played into my self personal development, which is what we'll get into, but also like a descriptor of me that has been in some ways helpful. Like I can't describe what I'm feeling and I'm um, feeling overwhelmed or irritable. Like that is like nice kind of to have that, not to fall back on or as an excuse, but like, okay, to let go of control a little bit. Like this is Mm -hmm. something like hormonally or chemically or my brain and how it works. Um, and also, like, that's not all I am. And that's, it's, it becomes like a overshadowing piece. And then as I've gotten older, doing more um, kind of research of the overlap between anxiety and sometimes misdiagnosis between anxiety and ADHD, I'm like, oh, okay, that could also hit because I am always on the go, nonstop. Um, And there's just pieces of anxiety and ADHD that overlap. And so when I think of a descriptor, not that I would want someone to describe me as like someone who's anxious or has ADHD. That's not necessarily like the descriptor I'd want to use. But those words did come to mind um, in a way where I'm not like a worry all the time. I'm having panic attacks, anxiety. It's my anxiety manifests in a way where I have a very hard time slowing down and relaxing because I'm anxious about like getting things done 
if that makes sense. So I think that is somewhat of a descriptor in that like it describes me, but using it as a word to describe me, I don't think I would like put my identification in that, if that makes sense. Right, right. I like that. I also do that. I keep saying I like. (laughs) Um, You said intense, and I also feel like if somebody told me that, I would be offended initially. But as you were explaining all of the different ways that you are showing up intensely in life, like it makes sense, and I can like see that in you, but it's like not in a negative way at all. I feel like everything that you do at least that I have seen you do like you're giving like you're all into it you're very very passionate and I can almost see like you like replacing the two like I'm passionate or I'm intense like they almost seem one and the same in the way that you're explaining it yeah I think Um, it's so interesting how words have like a connotation right because even changing that word like, you're like, oh, that is a good thing. But when people say intense, like, automatically my thought was like, oh, I'm too much. Or yeah. it's perceived, my quote-unquote intensity is perceived in a negative way. Right. Yeah. So, I think we could do a whole podcast also on, like, the Enneagram because I just, I know you listen to her podcast. Like, Glennon, Abby, and sister did the one over Enneagrams. Mm-hmm. That one just came out, and I, I need to take the test because I don't fully even know what I am, but I think it would be interesting. Um, and then what was the first word you used? Extrovert. Yes, yes, yes. Some words that you didn't say that I definitely thought would come up, and you said it earlier in the call, but, like, I feel like leadership, like, above anything else is what I would use to describe you. Um, obviously, as we've mentioned, like, you were a leader in my life. Like you were my boss. Um, and it, again, that was my first job outside of college. So I didn't have a lot of like experience in the professional world. And like, it was a blessing and a curse because not to give you a big head, but like I literally, my very first boss ever was like a dream. Like you were the best boss ever. And you, you were such an incredible leader. And so I almost was just like, oh, this is how all bosses are. <laughs> and I can promise you I've, like, never had a boss that leads the same way you have since. Um, so, yeah. Like, leadership would be huge for you. And I was tr- trying to identify the right word to d- explain this. Because caring would be my initial word, but it's beyond that. You... You let people, like, know how valued and seen they are. Like, even when you were my boss and as a friend, like, you would just remember and comment on, like, the smallest little things, which is a piece of your leadership as well. Like, you build people up and be like, hey, I I see you and I celebrate this. Um, But it's something I do now, actually, and I always think of you where if I know, like, a certain day is coming up for somebody, I put it on my Google Calendar because even though, like, in my brain, I'm never going to remember that. <laughs> it makes me happy knowing, like, oh, on that day, like, I gave myself a little tip, and I know I need to be there for you, them. Like, I feel like I don't know what your system is, but you did that for me both in work and just as a friend where I'm like, how the hell did she remember that? And it just made me feel very important. Um, so, like, my, like, two things, and you didn't really say either of them, would definitely be leadership and 
caring or I can't think of like the best word to use there. Thank you. I think that's like one of my favorite things. And I've talked to my current boss who's I'm lucky, like is great as well is, um, the idea of like empowerment, like empowering others. Like I value or the reason I like being in a leadership position, like I was then or am now is, um, not necessarily so I can say like I've accomplished these things or look how great the work I'm doing. I like doing it because what I want to do is help raise other people. Mm-hmm. And so some of my, one of my coworkers now is phenomenal too. And she's like, I want to work myself out of a job. Like I want to empower other people and help them believe in themselves and gain skills to take over for me. Like, I don't want to be the one in this job forever. I want other people to be able to do it better than me. And so how can I empower them or give them opportunity to do that? And so I think that whole idea of like empowering others or valuing others like is not necessarily the norm, but it's absolutely like my favorite part of being in positions where I lead or supervise or whatever others I think that's like my favorite part of it that leadership piece is so 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 huge for you and I remember I sent you like a little um quote from Brene Brown we were talking about her last week as well um but yeah I feel like the leadership and just like empowerment and caring are huge identifiers that I would use for you um and then there's also like for both of us, not, this isn't something I think either of us would label for each other, but I think if we were digging into ourselves, like, there's probably a lot more negative, like, descriptors we would use for ourselves that we could probably dig into, like, in another episode, and the thought just came back to me, I was going to say, um, you said how you and like this friend you were talking about like want to be able to work yourself out of a job and I think that really speaks to your own like security and confidence in yourself because as like ugly and as much as I don't want to say it like I am not in a place where like I could do that like I still have this like insecurity of like wanting and needing to be the best almost as if like there's not enough to go around and so that's something I'm really working on at the moment and that could be a podcast is just like talking about this idea of abundance um so I think that's really important and it can be applied in a lot of areas of life yeah I I love and find it intriguing that when we say like let's talk about labels or descriptors um my guess is that most people would go right to roles they play and I'm curious about that a little bit because also if someone said describe you like things I could say would be a wife a mom a daughter a sister a friend a uh bcba a special coordinator like all the um Labels of roles. Yes. And also, what I want to empower others or what I've had to do, definite work, this doesn't, you. it's not natural, right, for us to 
default instead of labels and roles to who we are as deep feeling, thinking people. Like, who are we as a human? That's more what we we went to initially, right? But I think that's kind of counter to what our gut explanations mm-hmm. would be. And that would be labels as roles. And it's huge for me to know, like, I am not just a mom. I am not just a wife or just a XYZ. Right. Like, I am a person in and of myself, even if all those things were taken away, like there are things about me. And I think that's mm-hmm. hard to recognize and dig into and even uncomfortable because it's hard to know and who we are or what we want outside of those roles because yeah. those roles require so much of us. And mm-hmm. in order to do that, you have to stop and you have to slow down and you have to get uncomfortable and dig deep and all of those things. Um, right. I don't know. That's not a question. It's just kind of an observation that I think our gut instinct as humans in this society anyway, is to lean more toward the role piece. Right. I feel like that's a good ending note too, is just for like any listeners to kind of reflect on like, how would you describe yourself? Um, And really digging beyond like that gut reaction of talking about um, our roles, our or our relationship to others. I know I said like I was working through this with my therapist and she asked me the same question and I started telling her like all of these things about myself and she's like, no, no, no. Like who are you not in relationship to anybody else? And I like froze. I was like, I don't know. Like it was so hard to think of like who I am just in and of myself, not in relationship to anybody else. So I feel like that's a good ender for today, um, just for a bit of reflection from others, and we would love to hear about it, what, what you come up with. <laughs>